All right, welcome back to another episode of the Company We Keep podcast. I'm your host, Jason Pearl. Excited to have you with us for another great episode today. This podcast is for everyday business owners and entrepreneurs that want to think differently about business, want to think differently about growth, want to think differently about success, and are looking for better balance in both business and life. Today, I am joined by my good friend and entrepreneurial dynamo, Nick Cavuto. Nick is a dynamic personality. He's a force to be reckoned with online, and he has built two seven-figure businesses before he turned 34 years old. Today, he's going to be sharing all that with us. We talk a little family. We talk a lot of faith. We talk a lot about failures and ultimately what it is to be a good person and how to succeed in both business and life. I know I had a blast chatting with Nick. I think you're going to love him too. So without further ado, let's get to it. All right. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Company We Keep podcast. I am super pumped today. Got a special guest with us. Nick Cavuto. Nick is an absolute force in business. And I'm not just saying this to flatter him. I know this to be true. Nick is the founder and CEO of Tenure Brands. He's also the founder and managing partner of Cavuto X, which is a personal branding agency that takes industry's top professionals and turns them into household names. Nick has built multiple seven-figure businesses before he turned 34 years old, and he's a husband and daddy to three, soon to be four kids, so he's on an aggressive path with kids as well. Nick, what is up, my brother? How are you today? Jason, oh, dude, I'm doing amazing, man. It's so amazing to be here just knowing our story, man, and where we started and how we got here and uh, just watching you rise, man. Let me just say really quick, let me just gas you up. You are doing a phenomenal job, not only in the uh, areas of, you know, the head, heart and house that you always talk about. Um, so not only the house, right. And not only the head, as far as like using your brilliance to help businesses grow, but man, you are on mission. You're heart centered in what you're doing. Uh, you're not slowing down for anything as far as contribution, connection, making sure you're giving your family hundred percent in the process. You're honestly an inspiration, bro. So I really, really appreciate deeply, deeply love you, man. And uh, grateful to be here today. Dude, thank you so much. <laughs> Check is in the mail, by the way. Check is in the mail. Thank you, brother. But no, it's funny. As, as we were preparing for this episode, um, you know, I started thinking about how we actually came to be, right? And, you know, name of this podcast is The Company We Keep. And you and I were brought together by a, a close personal friend of yours and a former employee and friend of mine, Brandon Hatz. Um, when, I, when I had left my previous gig and was thinking about stepping out on my own and starting Acre Consulting, he was like, hey, man, you got to meet this dude, Nick Cavuto. He's one of my really good buddies, really smart guy. I think you guys are going to hit it off. And we sat in his dining room and like, you know, he was at the end and like, I don't even know that we talked to Brandon the whole time. We just, <laughs> you and I just kind of started vibing. And, uh, and, and that was kind of the beginning of, uh, of our friendship and, and, and we've done some business together. Um, you know, you've hired me, I've hired you. Um, you, uh, are my personal brands coach, right? So you're the reason that we have this podcast. You're the reason the company we keep came to fruition. So you can either love Nick or hate Nick for this podcast, but it's, but it, <laughs> but it's him and him in his coaching and pushing me to, uh, to get this live and put this out there. So, uh, I, I just, I'm so excited to have you here, man. Thanks again. Dude, 100%, man. Yeah. And, you know, you put in the work. You wanted it. And, um, you know, you were willing to step out and have the courage. That's the honest truth is that most people don't have the courage to become the best version of what's possible for them. And I think that not only for uh, yourself and your family and your community, you've modeled that. 
Um, but I think also for people who are part of my community, um, they see the rise of what you've been able to accomplish and do. And um, it's a staple, man. And uh, so MVP goes to Jason yeah, Pearl. Let's yeah. go. Appreciate it, brother. <laughs> first things first, it's like, so if people look for you and try to find you online, they see you wearing that sweatshirt a lot. Uh, that this be a good person, right? And I know it's a brand out in the West Coast that that you like to rep, but that's really what you're all about too, isn't it? It is, man. You know, I think there's so many practical things when it comes to the human experience that we overlook. You know, I remember, um, you know, a friend of mine saying, living in New York, it's like, if you just hold the door for someone, like you could actually change their day because, you know, people are heads down, it's fast paced. And uh, when I moved out to Denver almost uh, three years ago now, um, you know, we were looking for a little bit of a change of pace. And because uh, I'm originally from New York too, like yourself, and I needed a switch in pace. And, and also there was a sense of independence of being completely out on our own that I feel like our, our family needed to grow. And, uh, you know, the same happens in business sometimes, whether someone who's listening is a corporate executive or, you know, another company, even if they're high earning or they're, you know, high up in the company, you know, sometimes that path of your highest growth has to do with you choosing the highest version of yourself, which, which may be an entrepreneurship. It may not be. And that's totally fine right. too. There's no judgment on either side of the coin. Um, but be a good person, I think is a foundational element of just like in business, it's so, uh, it happens so often that people have poor experiences or, uh, that they work with somebody, don't get the results that they want. And sure. I, I like to say blame process over people, you know, maybe there's a process that wasn't followed exactly or whatever And life and business happen. But I think the primary big idea is just like, Hey, you can show up in the world, be the best version of yourself. You can be kind to others, being a good person, just being, doing the right thing, having integrity it goes so far. So the best idea is to just have integrity to do what you would want someone else to do for you really foundationally in that, in that golden rule principle. So I try to wear it for accountability and for inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> have a whole yeah. story of going to the airport and wearing this and being very frustrated and going like, I can't act out because I have this on. Right. <laughs> uh, so, so I use it for both and yeah, hopefully it inspires somebody today yeah, as well. For sure. Also makes the closet choice pretty easy too, right? Just grab nice the black hoodie. That's right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Cool, man. So I, I know I gave a little bio about you and kind of who you are and the businesses that you run, but you know, for just in plain language, how would you explain who you are and what you do? Yeah, I mean, I think at the core of it, I believe that you know, human the human experience and when it comes down to human behavior and business. I think, and through corporate America, it's gotten fractured to be like about numbers and figures and about, you know, products. And, and what I really am trying to get back to is a simplicity of relationship within business, uh, which really has to do with two things at scale. Number one, it has to do with authentic connection, right? And just making sure that we're actually connected to the people that we serve, that you want to work with the people that you work with, that you enjoy, that you believe in the products that they're you know, sending out into the world mm. and the way that they do it, that you're a part of something that's greater because belonging is so critical to the human experience. So connection and belonging are huge. And I think the other side um, really has to do uh, with marketing, you know, watching marketing and being a part of the corporate machine, managing over a billion dollars of products when I was at Paychex and uh, 27 years old, like, by the way, I don't know who gave me that job, but managing <laughs> that many products at that age, they're out of their minds. But um, but I actually did incredibly well. We ended up growing almost 300%, and it was great. But the, the primary focus is like going through 
you know, the robotic mechanism of trying to communicate with audience and, you know, the messaging being rather uh, plastic or stale. And, and I'm like, well, there's something wrong here. We have a deeper ability in order to connect with people on a deeper, more emotive, psychographic level. We don't need to just talk about the car that they drive and how how much their house is as far as cost and, you know, whether they Betty has two kids or three. Um, the reality is, is that when we can take our our content and our marketing and we can take it and put it into personalization for that individual user, that's the context part of content. Right. And I think that's the thing that's always overlooked. It's like content in context, meaning it carries personalization. That's where conversion happens. And also where I believe relationships that can scale in your business will happen as well. So that's what I'm on a mission to do. And I'm absolutely hell bent to do it um, to help really transform and change the way that people communicate at scale, whether that's through social media, through SMS marketing, but really through human connection. And uh, the parallels in the stories are so easy <laughs> to draft of, yeah. you know, how you just have a normal conversation digitally and, you know, to some OGs in the space. I mean, it's like, it's not normal to do that. It's normal to give a lot of product information versus creating a human connection. Yeah. And uh, that's part of the story I want to flip as well as the emerging talent that's coming into the entrepreneur space with a lot of millennials and, and people who are kind of Gen X um, kind of coming in as well. Um, it's, it's really to make sure they can tow the line and the leadership of having a human experience. And, you know, a lot of people are afraid of that. They're like, well, I don't want to overshare on social. And it's like, no, you're not oversharing unless you're, you know, broadcasting an open wound in your life. But if you're showing someone a scar, something that you've been through, something in your business that you experience, for those who may be coaches or consultants, it's okay to share the vulnerabilities around your story. By the way, people trust you more when you do it. So. Sure. I think that's really the core message that I'm trying to get out is just like to really be human, to be a good person also yeah. in your marketing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and, and, and you and I, and, and I know this from spending time and working with you on, on my own brand and things like that, you, you say something that is relationships are rocket ships, right? That that's, that's a phrase that you coined a few years ago. And, and, and isn't that so true? And it's, I'm saying the same thing with the company we keep, right? It's like if you if you surround yourself with the right people, you know, um, you're you're going to be able to tell your story and be motivated to tell your story and be authentic because people are holding you accountable to do that. And and I think that's so special. And that's one of the things that you're doing with Tenure Brands. So Tenure Brands is is, is your is your second seven figure company that you're building. Tell us a little bit about Tenure Brands and kind of what you do there. Yeah, so Tenure Brands really foundationally was built because I had one thesis that I knew was true. Elon Musk does the same thing. I didn't find this out until after. He kind of bases his business on a hypothesis or theory. Okay. <laughs> but that's exactly what I have done in the past as well, which is, um, you know, the idea that people are the world's most powerful brands. That's the one thing that I knew to be true. And there's a million different ways that I can explain how I came to that conclusion. But the, the linchpin for me was Trump's presidency because that person's name had created a certain level of attention, notoriety, understanding about that individual, so much so that when he went to run for office, you know, he had like 50 cameras, uh, maybe more, um, because he had already had so much influence that was built on his, you know, persona, if you will, his character of Donald Trump. And so when I saw the 2016 election and saw Trump win, I was like, that's it. I mean, this is the future of how things operate entrepreneur who has been in business for 50 years can go swing into politics with no experience in politics specifically and earn the highest office. And I think that that's what people need to hear. If 50% of people like you, 
in the United States, you could become president. Let that sink in for two seconds. It's a popularity contest, just like in high school of class president. It's the same thing. Right. So right. the idea is that like when you can build your reputation at scale, relationships are rocket ships, right? Building your reputation at scale allows you to find yourself in a position of where you're actually allowing your namesake to speak before you, before you even walk into the room, people know who you are, what you're about. And um, I mean, that's why in the last six months, I think I've been on over 60 podcasts. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I never know which podcast is going to blow up. The second thing is I want to contribute to different audiences because generosity is my North star. And lastly, because like the more that people know about who I am, what I'm about, business is a long game. This isn't a treadmill. This is a marathon. The behavior when it comes to this analogy is this everybody knows who usain bolt is but nobody knows who the longest marathon runner is you couldn't say his name what his finish time was because nobody cares why because we have a microwave mentality in our society that's all about fast results so i think it's important to understand that this is the one thing that you can do i'm wired for speed on mm -hmm. a colby test i'm a nine out of ten on speed i'm a five when it comes to implementation and then I'm a three on basically follow through and, uh, and logic. <laughs> so like, if that gives you a feel for me, right? Yeah. Like, how does that function? Well, essentially I know that running fast can actually serve me incredibly well. So as long as there's a tension line of the marathon, which I believe is the personal brand, yeah. long-term strategy produces short-term opportunity. And that's the way I've chosen to play the entire game. So, so switching, switching for a minute though, things aren't always rosy and, and, and you and I know this cause we've spent a lot of time on, on the phone together and face to face, but, um, you built your first million dollar business and then you saw it crumble. So mm -hmm. failures are part of the story as well. And can you maybe walk us through, you know, the abridged version of, of failure, but how that failure helped you get to where you're at today? Yeah, dude, absolutely, man. This is actually like my favorite question because you know, the Instagram reel is everybody's highlights of the day and no one chose the hard parts. I chose very early on. I actually remember having a vivid conversation with my wife about it of like, hey, listen, this whole entrepreneur thing, like I'm going to tell the real story. And she's like, hmm, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, scars, right. not gushing wounds. Gushing wounds are disgusting. Nobody cares. Scars are cool and you can show them off and you can talk about them and they can be something that actually brings healing to somebody else. And so, yeah, for me, I mean, the first business that I built within two years, even working, you know, a nine to five in the process of building that originally uh, and working for startups in Boston and uh, building some of the some really noteworthy brands that everybody knows the names of today um, in the VC world when they were kind of early starters. Um, you know, I made a decision that, like, I couldn't talk as much about what I was really up to. Um, and so I made a decision early on to like, say, you know what, I'm going to tell the real story. And in the process of building in the first two years, I built a million dollar business, which is nuts. But the funny thing was I was kind of handcuffed to my, my job, even though it was a high, super high earning, really, really good opportunity. I didn't want to screw it up. So like, I couldn't have a website. I couldn't have all these things that everyone thinks they need. So like I built a $2 million business without a website. Fancy that, right? Well, how did I do it? Results and human connection yep. at scale. That's it. We went from zero to 85 clients in two years. And unfortunately there was a partner split in 2019 that was really challenging. And this is like one of my homies from like two, like from 25 years ago, from when I was like, you know, uh, eight years old, <laughs> it was yeah. crazy. Um, and it was really unfortunate, but you know, it's interesting how like this principle, this applies everywhere. Um, 
you know, it's interesting kind of going back. I remember going like it was, uh, let me see, the September-ish of 2018. We had just moved to Colorado. We went from like a 6,000-square-foot house in New York to like an 1,800-square-foot townhouse in Denver. And, you know, I could just see the the garage still in my head of like the boxes. You could barely open like the car doors because there was so much stuff downsizing mm -hmm. by, you know, basically 3X. Mm-hmm. And I just remember my wife feeling overwhelmed and frustrated. And I'm like, I got to do something different. Something's got to change here. So I called one of my buddies um, that I had worked with for uh, about a half a decade. And I was like, he was an operational type of guy. And I was like, yo, I need you to come run this agency because if you don't, uh, like I'm going like off the cliff, like probably more mentally than yeah. physically and, sure. uh, and literally. But I just knew that like there was a fracture point that if I didn't fix it, things were going to go south really quick. So I basically scratched him a $100,000 deal and was like, I need you to come run this company. And uh, there was some alpha energy there. They had some some folks who had been there before him. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, culture, team culture is what I've learned with tenure that's so important. We'll get into that in a minute. But the primary thing is, like, I knew there was a fracture point in 2018. I mean, we were doing almost 200 grand a month at least consistently at that point. And by, you know, kind of fast forwarding into March of 2019, every client for the previous 90 days that I had sold was gone. Two of our ad buyers for an agency like completely mm -hmm. stopped working on the accounts. One of them being one of my best friends. They quit within two weeks of each other and started their own company. They stole my IP, uh, my leads list, customer list, right? This just gives you an idea of the hard things around entrepreneurship that you don't expect, especially from people that you trust. And we went from you know, $70,000, $80,000 a month in pure profit um, into $200,000 in the debt in three months after those two guys quit and uh, decided to make some unethical actions that, you know, I let slide. You know, I, I remember vividly because I, I do have a faith basis. I remember just going like to scripture and going like, what do I do? And it's, I read a verse, <laughs> this is hilarious, but this is true, okay? It said, you know, praying for your enemies is like putting burning coals on their head. And I was like, man, if I wish anything ill, which I don't wanna do, I promised myself to keep my integrity through the whole process, and I did. But I said, if, come on, let's be honest. There's a part of me that was like, this is BS. I'm pissed, sure. like I'm frustrated. Right. Like my family now has to pay for this. We're still paying for it to this day. Yeah. And like, what was the fracture point? What did I need to do? And that verse was the only thing that like allowed my ego to go like, oh, that's okay. Let it go. You know, the universe will punch them or God will punch them harder than you ever will. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you know, it was a thing for me of a real hard moment of going like, I could sue these guys and they could lose their houses. Right. But do I want to do that to their families? I want to be a good person. I want to live right. up to the expectation. I want to do the hard thing. And that yeah. is the path of entrepreneurship is choosing the hard path every single time, no matter Absolutely. how difficult that it is. Failure is at, by far a prerequisite to actually being successful in anything in life. Look at kids who start walking. Imagine if they just said, oh, I've fallen too many times. I'm just going to just slide on my butt for the rest of my life. It doesn't happen. The human condition and the way that we're wired is to be overcomers. Yeah. You know, at five years old, I almost drowned in a pool. It's a long story I'm not going to get into. But my grandmother at 12 years old said, you're going to get in a pool and you're going to swim. And she made me jump in and do it. And I just remember facing my greatest fear at 12 gave me the ability to overcome anything. And there's so many people who have those stories, but they're dwelling, right? They're focusing on all the wrong things. They're dwelling on all the failures and self-judgment. I wore swimmies till I was 12. Do you think that's something that I want to go tell everyone about? No, absolutely not. But what's the reality? The reality is, is that if I can give someone else hope 
to today go out there and to go do their greatest work and to step out and to overcome the fear and to stand the thing in the face. I, I think brass tacks. Um, failure is a prerequisite. Do not judge yourself in your failure. Think about it this way. Reputation at scale. If I would have went and with those guys and I would have been like, what if I would have taken a hard turn and I was talking about a lawsuit and all that, what would that have done? Even just from someone on the outside looking in, even if I was in the right, what would that have looked like? Mm-hmm. But what does it look like when I can share authentically about an experience and go like, I made the right decision. Do you trust me more or less? Right. Probably a lot more. Yeah. And I right. held that line. Right. And it was hard. It was so hard. But I want to say this, and, and I'll end on this point with this uh, general concept, uh, Jay, but you know, 2019 may of 2019 the ship started going on fire it caught storm you know i grabbed basically 10 of my favorite clients i said let's all work together i hired my sister used to work for gary v and said let's go build something she worked with me six months later after we had just got all that stuff organized and set up COVID hits and the moment that COVID hits i lose two businesses i ended up getting my agency back up to about 50k a month i had a coaching business that was doing just a little bit more than that and then all of a sudden COVID hits and I lose both businesses in two days and, and lose a million dollars in recurring revenue in two days. After a year prior to the same month, nearly to the same day, it missed by one day, I lost everything all over again. Do not give up in the process of what you believe is possible. The tenacity that I developed has come from a story for me of overcoming my greatest fear and a near-death experience, which is why I guess there's a certain element of being uniquely wired. But if you're going to quit on entrepreneurship, if you're going to be somebody who's just going to throw in the towel, or if you don't have the tenacity to be punched in the face a hundred times, then it may not be the right thing for you. And there's no judgment in that. I think if you want to do something incredible, you have to be willing to do things that other people are not. Yeah, no, that's a, I appreciate you sharing that story and that vulnerability, because I think there's a lot of folks out there that are listening that probably are, they have been knocked down and they're trying to get themselves back up or they're, they're at the low point right now. And hearing a story like that, um, as we kind of transition forward, one of the things I want to talk about is, is you're a big live event guy. You know, you kind of say in your bio, you've hosted over a thousand live events um, throughout the course of your professional career. And I know I've been to a few of your live events. What is it about you hosting live events, whether it be a mastermind or a think tank or things like that, that, that you feel are, are just so uniquely different than any other experience? Yeah, Jay, the number one thing that comes to mind for me is intent. Why are they doing what they're doing? Because I believe a lot of times in our life, we're trying to find the how, how to solve mm-hmm. something, how to solve a unique problem, how to you know, secure a unique opportunity. And I just look at the who. That's why my intent is so easy to be different is because I'm thinking about, if I'm sitting in this office I'm sitting in right now and I'm planning a live event, I close my eyes and I play the movie. And I'm like, who's gonna be there? What do they need? Where are they at in life? What are the hidden fears? What are their subconscious beliefs that are not true? What are the things that the environments that they were raised in that didn't allow them to blossom into the person who they were capable of being? How can I be a positive disruption, interruption in someone's life today? And you know, that's where all of the background on the, on the events like actually comes from is like, I'm really intently thinking about, Hey, there's gotta be one person in this room whose life needs to be changed. And it's amazing what happens when as entrepreneurs, we can get out of our own way. And most of that, Jason, has to do with getting out of the head mm-hmm. and into the heart, which is why yeah. I love your methodology so much, because it is truly the place of where I think it's a life spring uh, when it comes to vibrancy and just living yeah. life to the fullest. It comes directly from the heart. Anyone that out there is listening about thinking about attending a live event or a mastermind, as Nick said, 
do the checklist. What's the purpose of it? Who's running it? Is this, is this just a sales pitch or is this about transformation or is this about something that I can really grab from it? So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so, the last note on that, Jason, is like that just someone asking, like, what, what, what do you want? Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you want out of the experience? What do you want in the next three months, six months, 12 months of your life? What is it truly that you're going after? So many people sling business growth and revenue because it's easy. It's easy to say you'll make more money. But what's not easy to say is that you are the problem. I love you, but you are your own worst enemy. So what I want to do is bring compassion into the conversation. I want you to be able to have a, a you know, uh, an opportunity to have a conversation that will go like, these are the things I'm struggling with. These are the conversations at home. These are the things that I feel like I'm insufficient in. And then all we do is gas you up and we get you in a position of where we're not being, uh, you know, overly just generous in our words, but truly finding that gifting in you. If people relied more on their gifting and less on their vocation, their life would change forever. And that's what I'm trying to get people to tap back into. The number one thing that tries to get stolen from you since the day you're born is your unique ability. Just think of all the superhero movies, right? Or the superhero shows on Netflix. There was one I can think of specifically, the um, Umbrella Academy. And they told the girl she had no gifting because she had the most powerful gift. How many of you today feel that way of where you're not even leveraging your greatest gifts to give your greatest contribution to the world. That's the conversation I want to have, not some BS conversation around how to run a better funnel. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so as you're, as you're just kind of spitting all these truths out, um, one of the things that, that I know is super important in my life, and you and I have talked about this, is the importance of filling up your own cup right? And, and filling your own cup up with the company that you keep. So talk to me a little bit about who's the company that you keep that helps you keep your cup full. Yeah, man. Well, first of all, Jason, I mean, you're, you're a part of that inner circle. I mean, from anything about how to be a better dad um, to how to be smarter in business, you know, you bring a different level of uh, I operate and like a uh, warp speed and you're like light speed. <laughs> so like, you know, like it's, it's a slow down, but it's still really fast type of thing. Um, you know, obviously in family circumstances, my wife and my dad are like my biggest and, and my mom as well. I mean, my mom and I are super tight. She's more than nurturing, compassionate. You're always going to win. Um, and then I think in business, you know, uh, during COVID, I found a mentor and what he helps me do a lot is to ask, ask kind of like beneath the service questions of the organization of like, where are you? ad and you know quit doing why are you in your office at 10 10 o'clock at night go hang out with your wife um those conversations because he understands the long game he's been doing it for 21 years so so yeah you know my dad being my spiritual mentor that's been huge we had a fractured relationship for you know those teenage late teenage years Mm -hmm. and some college years and found our way back to deeper connection and now i understand where my gifting and ability comes from as far as listening to my intuition and, and kind of understanding when the divine ticks you know mm-hmm. on and you can feel it in the room that's my dad and through and through and he was the true blood entrepreneur he was a drug dealer till he was 30 and then turned his life around and <laughs> found faith and it changed everything so uh so yeah so i there's powerhouse people around me i always say that i believe that the five people you spend the most amount of time with that that whole thing is the game it's it's sure. everything and so you know, substitute yeah. somebody out today who can be a power player like Jason or Tony or yeah. Ash, my wife, or, you know, yeah. my dad, Big Wayne. Um, yeah. Substitute like, somebody out who's not contributing in your life and allow someone like that to gas you up and see what happens. Yeah. Game changer. Company, the company we keep, man, right? That's, that's, that's what it's all about. All right. So, so we've been, we've been hitting some deep things. Let's have a little fun with some, with some fun questions. So, Let's do it. 
so I've got I've got two girls, Isabella and Juliana. Um, every, every segment I've been talking about this, so they joke with me. They call me Deeds, right? Instead of Dad, they call me Deeds. And they they said, Dad, you're doing this podcast. You got to have this segment called Big Words with Deeds because they think I use big <laughs> words sometimes, right? And the big word that I use all the time that they that they laugh at is legitimately, which really isn't that big of a word, but that's what they they think it's a big word. So they said, Dad, will you do Big Words with Deeds segment? I said, Sure. So so question to you is. Are there any words that you use on a daily basis, whether with your team or your wife, where it's like, you know, maybe you think it's a bigger word or not? Oh, gosh. I'm sure there's a million. I can't think of one right now. I did say objectivity earlier, which I think of it as objective reality, kind of being perspective reality of someone's outside judgment. And I don't even know if it exactly means that. So let's go with that one. All right. right. I love it. That's okay. Um, So with with this podcast, as you know, when when you have different platforms that you use, Spotify being one of them, when you look at your analytical data, Spotify will tell you what your listeners are listening to outside of your podcast. So so musical artists and guests and things like that. So when we make this when we make this live and and your episode goes live, who do you think or who could you guess is going to be the musical artist or a few musical artists they're going to show their way in the spotify analytics oh definitely justin bieber i mean come on (laughs) (laughs) no uh yeah i think that oh man um uh wow dude this is like the one of the best questions i've ever heard um (laughs) besides bon jovi and justin bieber i'll have to go with white snake You yes. said to keep it fun, man. There we go. Keep it fun. I love it. I Twist love it. Sister. Yeah, man. Love it. 80s <laughs> hair band all day. Um, <laughs> tell me what do you have a guilty pleasure? And it's a family show, but do you have a guilty pleasure um that, that you want to share with the audience? Besides ice cream, um, no, I don't. That's it. That's gotcha. it. That's my jam, dude. Yeah. Well, I, would, specific, I would do that every day because of it. So fun. Specific flavor? Um, so either cookie dough or cookies and cream, but the blend of both, that's, that's where all the magic happens right there. Perfect blend. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Entrepreneurship fueled by ice cream, Nick Cavuto. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so. Dude, I should start an ice cream truck. Dude, it's done. I'm going to talk to my it's daughter done. about it. We're going to do it. Done. There we go. Done. All right. Done. So, uh, before we close up here, any questions that you have for me or anything you want to talk about that we haven't covered? Yeah, man. I think the main thing for you, one of the things that kind of, I've had a burning question on for you for, for a while has been. You know, I, I don't think we've ever had a chance just yet to sit down and go like, hey, Jay, listen, this year has been nuts. What's the number one thing that you learned in the last year that you feel like was the most valuable lesson? Yeah, um, there have been a lot. That's a, that's an awesome question. But for me, the biggest lesson has been it's not about money. It's not about status. It's not about social media or podcast or getting followers. It's about doing what you you were uniquely gifted to do by God and listening to him and and, and doing what he wants you to do, right? Hmm. And, and that has been, for me, the biggest lesson. And that's why, as we talked about before, who fills your cup and who you want to surround yourself with, it's that's what I've been doing. I've been auditing a lot and uh, just wanting to surround myself and put a message out there that is good. I can go make a ton of money with Naker Consulting and and I have a very successful business and that's not going to shut down. But if all I have is money, you interviewed me three, four months ago. I said, when I die and they bury me, if they put all the cash on top of me that I have, I've failed, right? You know, going, going, dying with a, with a fistful of cash isn't going to do anybody any good, right? So I just want to go out there and, and do good stuff for the world. So that's probably the biggest thing I've learned. 
It's awesome, man. Yeah. And it's your North Star. And that's what's so cool. I mean, for people like myself and your listeners likely as well, it's very easy for us to go like, well, yeah, of course it is, Jay. But, you know, it's so funny because life has a unique way of like just bring it's micro distractions of, yep. oh, maybe I should do this. And it's not shiny object syndrome because you're very thoughtful in, in your assessments of what you do. So it's just like all these things. And then all of those things, all they do is just point these arrows right back to the center. I've watched you serve your family incredibly well. I've seen you as a dad, as a friend, as a mentor, as a business partner, as a um, as a growth consultant, experience the challenges of that extended network. And you're always that rock for everybody. And so what I want to do for you is just to say thank you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being consistent. Thank you for being somebody who is worth following because there's so much more beneath the surface of the, these conversations, but the benefit is that you're willing to take people there so they can just get one step closer to what really matters. And for you, the contribution, your connection in the world, the way that you're choosing to show up, I think is just is of the highest nobility of what you're doing. So much love to you, brother, man. Yeah, and, appreciate uh, you, I really man. Appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate the kind words. It's very nice of you. And uh, we're going to do this again. This isn't going to be the last time we do this on the Company Weekly <laughs> podcast. Um, but tell tell all the listeners, how can they? what's the best way to find you? What's the best way to follow you? Yeah, um, Instagram at Nick Cavuto. Um, that's N-I-C-K-C-A-V, like victory, U-O-T-O. And um, you can also check out tenurebrands.com. Jay, for your listeners, all they have to do is just put Jason Pearl in the promo code. And we can get you hooked up for your first three months for a thousand bucks a month. It's a pretty straightforward process. We create daily content for online entrepreneurs and also for business owners, executives, and experts. So uh, if you fall into the category of someone who's building your business and you know that you know showing up online is important, we can create your daily content for you. And we can do that at the fraction of a price anybody else can. So big hearts in that. We love interviewing our clients and helping create their message in the world. Those are the two best ways to find me. And uh, of awesome. course... Since I'm in personal branding and social, I'm on every platform yeah. possible. So feel free if you're on a different platform to reach out. Absolutely. Well, we're going to link to all your contact information in the show notes and, and on our socials and everything like that. This has been a ton of fun. You know, I love you, brother. I appreciate your time. Much love, dude. Yeah, Thank man. you again. Appreciate out. it. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Company We Keep podcast. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Nick as much as I did. If you want to keep the conversation going with me, best way to reach out to me is visit my website at jasonmpearl.com and you can find all sorts of ways to interact with me. Also, don't forget to subscribe to my newsletter, The Company We Keep Newsletter. Until next time, I'm Jason Pearl. I'm out.